guys, welcome back. I'm glad you could join us tonight. Had some technical difficulties this morning. I uploaded the outtakes instead of the actual sermon. Uh, but we're going to have service tonight, and I hope you'll sit back and just be blessed by the music that's been provided, and a special thanks to the ones who did that for us. And I pray that God will bless you from being part of this service tonight.
Thank the Lord for that good music, and a special thanks to the ones who provided that for us today, and I hope that you were blessed by getting to hear that this morning. Now, this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 13. If you want to turn there, I would encourage you to turn and read along. We're going to be in John 13, verses 1 through 8. This is near the end of Jesus' life. It's not too long after this that Jesus is going to be going to the cross, but this is a really beautiful story uh, where Jesus gives us a great example uh, and, and continues on with that example that he's given us all the way through his death on the cross. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit this morning. So John 13, I'll read through verses 1 through 8, and when I'm finished, uh, we'll pray, and then we'll dig into the Word. So let's get started. John 13, verse 1. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now by the time of supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you don't understand now, but afterward you will know. You will never wash my feet, ever, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for these good words. I pray that they would be uh, an encouragement to us, that they would be a conviction to us, that they would be an example to us, an example of how Jesus lived and how Jesus loved, and help us to be like him, dear Lord, in every way, and help us to seek that in our lives. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would just speak to each one of us today, open our ears and our, and our hearts and our eyes, that we see your word and hear your word. I pray that you hide me behind the cross so that I can preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the scene is set for us here near the end of Jesus' life. Now Jesus had been pouring into these 12 apostles and disciples for about three years now. They had seen him do the miracles. Uh, they, had, they had heard the way he had taught and the things that he had said and done. And they didn't always get it. They didn't always quite get what Jesus was saying and doing, but little by little they were beginning to understand who Jesus was and, and what he had come to do. And even, even still, they, they didn't always get it, but Jesus was patient with them. And Jesus was always teaching them and he was always showing them. He wasn't just telling them what to do, but he was giving them an example. Now they didn't always realize probably the example that was being given in the moment. But as these last days of Jesus' life approached, they began to see more and more what he was talking about. Things that maybe they didn't understand, they began to see revealed ultimately when he gave his life on the cross. And at that point, I believe it's when they begin to look back at these things, when their mind was open, when they begin to think back of all the things maybe that Jesus had said that they didn't quite understand, they begin to get those things after Jesus died and was resurrected. And these events take place just before that. This was not long before Jesus was going to give his life, and Jesus is going to give his disciples, and you and I, a very excellent example of how we are to live our life. Now, Jesus is with the disciples here, and they're sitting around the table for supper. And of all the things that the Savior of the world could do, Jesus gets down and grabs a basin of water, 
He takes a towel and he wraps it around himself and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Now what a humble thing this is for the king of the world to do. This is the son of God. Now this would have been a task that any of the disciples would have done. Jesus probably could have just said the word and said, hey, wash everybody's feet. They probably would have done it. There's probably servants in the house. That was probably their job. Jesus could have said, hey, you wash everybody's feet. But what Jesus did here was not just about washing feet. Jesus wasn't so much concerned about his disciples' feet and how clean they were. That's not why Jesus did this. Jesus was making a statement. He was giving an example. He was showing his disciples what it means to serve. Now think about that for a second. Jesus was showing his disciples and you and me what it means to serve. Too many times I think people come to Jesus because they want to be served by Jesus. Jesus, what will you do for me? Jesus, what can you do for me? Jesus, will you give me all the things that I desire? Jesus, will you make my life better? Jesus, I just want to live the way I want to live, but Jesus, you do everything for me. Well, Jesus has done everything for us. He gave his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven. Jesus has done more than we've ever deserved, and there's nothing else that Jesus needs to do for us. Does Jesus sometimes bless us? Absolutely, he does. But we should never come to Jesus saying, Lord Jesus, how can you serve me? But we should come to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, how can I serve you? Now, we serve Jesus by serving others. And that's the example I believe Jesus was getting across here. He didn't care about his disciples' feet if they were clean or dirty. He probably wanted them to be clean. We all want our feet to be clean, but that wasn't Jesus' main concern. What Jesus was teaching his disciples here was how to serve. Jesus was saying, there's nothing that I'm going to call you to do that's, that, that, that you're above. There's nothing that I'm going to call you to do that you're too good to do this job or to do that job. This was one of the lowest jobs you could get, washing somebody's feet. I don't want to wash people's feet. Our feet stink. They're nasty. They're dirty. And imagine what feet would have been like in those days. They had open-toed shoes, probably like a sandal they wore all the time. The roads were dirt. Animals walking down the road. Probably messes all over the place. To wash somebody's feet in those days, feet were nasty. Feet, feet had to be washed pretty regular. Now, we probably all wash our feet every day, hopefully. But our feet aren't quite as dirty, usually, as what the feet of the disciples probably would have been. This would have been a nasty, dirty job. But Jesus didn't say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask somebody else to do this job. Jesus showed them that he was going to do the job. He showed them what it means to serve. He shows them that there's nothing that I'm going to call you to do that's beneath you. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can get on his knees and wash the feet of his disciples, then what is it that he can call you and I to do that we can say, Lord, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. Do you really want me to do that? Now, sometimes we may say that because some of the things that God may call us to are tough things, are nasty things are scary things. Yes, sometimes God calls us to those things. But when he does, we don't have to look very far in Scripture to see Jesus Christ, to see how he lived, and to see how he served. And this is one of the best examples of this. And he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And can you imagine what was going through all of their minds? Probably the same thing that was going through Peter's mind. 
Peter was the only one that we see that spoke up here. Peter was pretty bold. He spoke up a lot, maybe a little too quickly. Uh, and a lot of times the things he said didn't quite work out. He was a little bolder uh, than, than maybe he should have been. But even in that, Jesus knew he was weak in that area. And even in, 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 in Peter's boldness, Jesus restored Peter at the end of it all. And Peter became a very prominent force in the early church, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was his boldness that got him into trouble, but it's also his boldness that got him where he needed to be in his relationship with Jesus Christ so that he could be built up to be the man that Jesus wanted him to be. Now, I don't know if any of the other apostles said anything, but Jesus did. And he said, Jesus, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, what I'm going to do now, you don't understand. And they probably didn't understand. But I believe they understood a lot better in those days that were soon to follow when Jesus gave his life on a cross. Peter said, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet, ever. You're not going to wash my feet. Peter knew who Jesus was. He didn't always get and understand everything Jesus did. It doesn't appear that any of the apostles did. But Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet, ever. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Now, Jesus wasn't just talking about washing the feet here. Jesus was talking about something much more significant. Jesus wasn't worried about their feet being clean. Jesus wasn't saying, if, if you let me wash your feet, you're going to be able to enter into my kingdom. And that's the key to the kingdom, is washing people's feet. I'm going to wash your feet and you'll be entering in and you wash others' feet and then they could be part of the kingdom. Wouldn't it be great if that is how people got into the kingdom of God? You just washed their feet. You went over to them and said, hey, let me wash your feet. And we washed them. And all of a sudden they entered the kingdom of God. Well, that's not the way it works. We don't enter the kingdom of God by getting our feet clean. We enter the kingdom of God by getting our souls clean, by being made as white as snow, by being washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus says, if you don't let me wash you, you have no part with me, Jesus wasn't talking about their feet here. Jesus was pointing them to something better. Jesus was saying, I am the one who will wash you. I am the one who will make you clean. I am the one who will forgive your sins. I am the one who will redeem you. I am the one who will restore you. And I am the one who is about to give my life so that all that can happen. When Jesus said to Peter here, if I don't wash you, you have no part in me. He wasn't talking about his feet. He was talking about being washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I want to tell you this morning that the same is true for you and I. We don't enter the kingdom of God because we're watching some sermons on the internet this morning. We don't enter the kingdom of God because we go to church regularly. We don't enter the kingdom of God because we put more in the offering plate than anybody else. We don't enter the kingdom of God because we read his word. We don't enter the kingdom of God because we do nice things for other people. We don't enter the kingdom of God for any of those reasons. We enter the kingdom of God because we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're not washed by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning, then you're not part of the kingdom of God. If you hadn't been washed by Jesus, then you have no part with him this morning. Now, all of these events were taking place. And the time that it was taking place, the scripture says, was around the time of the Passover. And we see that Judas had a choice to make here that the devil had already put it into his heart to betray Jesus. But Jesus already had it put into his heart what he was supposed to do. He knew what his mission was. He knew what God had sent him to do. 
And everything was in his hands here, it says. Jesus Christ was in complete control. Everything that was going to happen in Jesus' life and that had happened up to this point and what happened afterwards were all things that Jesus was in control of. This was a choice that Jesus made. No one forced him to come. No one forced him to come to this old sinful world and to be ridiculed and to be mocked by people. No one forced him to uh, be beaten for a crown of thorns to be put on his head. No one forced him to carry his cross, but he chose to do all of those things. Those were all things that happened to him, but he didn't have to do any of those things. Jesus could have at any moment said, I'm not doing any of this. God, you sent me to these people, and I thought I loved them, but God, they're just too much. They're too unlovable. God, I can't do it. And at any moment, Jesus could have left us on our own, and he could have said, I'm done with you. He could have done it, but he didn't do it. He did not do it. But think about that for a second. But think about all the things in your life that you've done. It's a lot of stuff, and it's some bad stuff. You know, Jesus died so that you could be forgiven of those things. Just my sin alone. Paul said, I'm, uh, uh, Jesus came to save, the, to save sinners, and I'm the chief sinner. I'm the greatest of all sinners, he said. Boy, I read those words of Paul, and I think, boy, it's hard for me to believe that Paul could be worse than I am. I think about all the stuff in my life, and I think, man, I'm a pretty wretched guy. Why would Jesus die for me? Why would he die for you? You know why? Because he loves you. Now that's love right there. To die for people who don't even love you back. There are people that were nailing Jesus to the Christ cross. They didn't love him. And you know what he said about those people right before he died? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus prayed for the people that took his very life. Because that's love. And so when Jesus tells us that we're to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, he's not just telling us words. He shows us an example. He shows us by the way he lives his life. Jesus died on a cross for your sins and my sins, as wretched as they are, because he loves us. Now there's the example. If he can pray for his enemies, if he can pray for you and me as bad as we are, then who can you pray for? Now, there's people in your life that you're saying, I can't pray for them. I hate them. They hate me. But you know what Jesus says? He says, love them anyway. He says, pray for them anyway. Now, that's a tough thing to do. How do we have the strength to do that? We have the strength through him because of what he did when he went to the cross and died on the cross for us. Now, Jesus had a choice to make. And his choice was to die so that you and I could be forgiven. Judas had a choice to make. The devil had put it on his heart what he should do or what he wanted him to do. And Judas gave in to that. He made the wrong choice. Now we get that because the devil puts choices in our life too. The devil puts it on our hearts and in our lives that this is what we should do or this is what we shouldn't do. Always the wrong thing no matter what he tells us. It's always the wrong thing. And Judas had a choice to make, and he made the wrong choice. He betrayed Jesus. He rejected Jesus for the wealth of the world. Now think about that for a second. 
Judas rejected Jesus. Jesus had done nothing but love him for three years and pour into him and be there for him. And at the end of it all, Judas said, Nope, I would rather have 30 pieces of silver than to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now this is tough stuff because there's a lot of people in this world today that have made the same choice. I would rather have the world than to have Jesus. Now you may have made that choice. Maybe you've been making that choice for years. Don't make that choice today. The devil may be putting it on your heart. You don't need Jesus. You don't need to listen to all this church mumbo jumbo. This is a bunch of junk. That's what the devil wants you to think. But I want to tell you this morning that you do need Jesus. And don't make the wrong choice. Now Jesus gives his apostles this beautiful example here of what service really is. And he goes on to say a little further down in verse 14. John 13 verse 14. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Now Jesus is getting them ready. Jesus is showing them, here's what it is to serve. Here's why I did this. This is your example. Live like me. Love like me. I've given you an example of what it means to serve. And that day was fast approaching when Jesus would no longer be with him. And they would need to call these words back. That they would need to call back all the words and all the things that Jesus had ever done so that they could serve in the same way that he had served. The next verse, verse 16 says, I assure you, a slave is not greater than his master. And a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. You catch that last part there? Jesus says, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Are we doing what Jesus has called us to do? Are we loving like Jesus loved? Are we serving like Jesus served? Do you know it? You may know it. You may know the story. You may know all of the Bible. You may have read it. You may know a lot of things about Jesus, about what he did in his life. You may know a lot of things about God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You may know a lot about God's word and about the life of Jesus Christ. You may know the commands of God. You may know the example that Jesus gave that we are to live by. You may know all those things. But you won't receive a blessing by knowing those things. Jesus says, if you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. If you do them. Now, it's sad because there's a lot of people that know God's word, but they don't listen to it. They don't do what it says. Now, there's a lot of people that's never come to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who have come to Jesus Christ. At least they say they have. I don't know anybody's heart. Maybe they have. Maybe they hadn't. But I believe it's possible, even for Christians, to know God's Word and be found guilty of not doing it. Now, we want to make sure that we do what God's Word says. 
If we're really a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, we won't just be knowers of the Word, we'll be doers of the Word. Are you doing what God's Word says? Are you loving people like Jesus loved people? Do you love those people that hate you? Do you love your enemies? Are you willing to serve in any way that God calls you to? Do you realize that this is what's most important to Jesus Christ, to love people and to serve them, to follow Him? That's it. To put our faith and trust in Him and to love like He did and to live like He did. That's what Jesus Christ wants in your life today. That's it. He died on a cross so that that could be a reality. He died on a cross so that you could put your faith in Him, so that you could experience His love and that you could pass that love on to other people. That's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be part of his kingdom. He wants you to be part of his kingdom and be covered by the blood that was shed on the cross. And you know what he wants you to do if you're part of his kingdom? He wants you to bring other people into the kingdom. He wants you to bring other people to him. He wants you to be the reflection of how his love is so that people will see his love in you. And when the world sees you, they will say, that is what love is. I don't know what he's got. I don't know what she's got. But I want to love like he does or like she does. And when people see us love like Jesus does, they are drawn to us. And when they see our love, you know what we can tell them? This love doesn't come from me. This love comes from Jesus. Can I tell you about Jesus and who he is? Isn't that good stuff? That's what we're called to do. Our life is to be a reflection of the light that's in us in Jesus Christ so that the world can see it. Now Jesus gives his apostles a beautiful example here of how they are to live and how they are to serve. And as beautiful as this example is, it pales in comparison to the ultimate example he would give by giving his life on a cross just a few days later. Now, all of these events were taking place at the time of the Passover. Maybe you've seen that phrase in Scripture or heard it, but you're not really sure what it is. Well, in the Old Testament, the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. Now, Pharaoh was the leader of the Egyptians, and God had sent all of these plagues to Pharaoh, trying to get Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. Pharaoh refused to. His heart was hardened. And finally, God was going to send one final plague, and it was going to be a very intense plague. God told Moses, I'm going to come through the land, and when I do, I'm going to kill the firstborn son of all the people and all the livestock. But for my people, the Israelites, I'm going to provide a way of deliverance. He told Moses that every household is to take a lamb and they are to kill that lamb and they are to take the blood of that lamb and they are to place it over the doorpost of their home and they are to place it on the side of the doorpost of their home and God said, when I come through the land, I'll pass over you because you've been covered by the blood of the lamb. And afterward, God told his people once they were delivered, I want you to celebrate this day, celebrate this event and tell your kids and be remembered, or excuse me, be reminded of all the things I've done. And all this time later, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, God's children, were still celebrating this event that took place all those years ago. And they were celebrating the Passover. And it was at, it was at this time in the Passover that all of these things begin to unfold in the life of Jesus Christ. And as he's preparing for the cross, he's preparing his apostles. This is how you need to live. This is how you need to love. This is how you need to serve. 
and all the way to the cross, he lived by the words that he had spoken. Now all those years ago, it was the blood of the Lamb that caused God to pass over his people and to spare them and to deliver them. And on the anniversary of this event, here comes Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who was arrested, who was beaten, and who was mocked, and who has a crown of thorns placed upon his head, and who is nailed to a cross. And there his blood was spilled for you and I, the precious Lamb of God. His blood was spilled so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. An event that happened thousands of years before was pointing to this very event that happened in the life of Jesus Christ when he would give his life as a ransom for us. Everything we see in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus Christ. And on the very anniversary of this event, a greater lamb was slain and greater blood was shed and the forgiveness of sins came through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you today that if you are washed by Jesus, God will deliver you and pass over your sins and they will be washed away as white as snow. That's how God's people were delivered in the land of Egypt. And that's how we'll be delivered today. But not by the blood of a little lamb that we see running around in the pasture, but by the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you want to be His, you've got to be washed by Him. If you are His, you've got to live like Him, you've got to love like Him, and you've got to serve like Him. No matter what He's calling you to do, there's nothing greater that He's calling you to do than He hasn't already done in His own life for you. You have no part with Him unless you're washed by Him. Be washed by Jesus Christ today. As we close, I want you to look at your life. I want you to examine your life. I want you to think about your life. I want you to check your sins out. And I want you to make sure that your sins are covered and they're not covered by anything of this world. They're only covered by Jesus Christ, that Lamb. Do you have the blood of the Lamb on you today? Are you washed as white as snow? That's kind of some weird stuff, right? Being covered by the blood of the Lamb. But we're talking spiritually here. Our sins are, are, are covered by Jesus Christ and we are made as pure and as white as snow. All that wretchedness and evil and, and all that dirty stuff in your life, all the things you're doing and have done, those things can be covered today by Jesus Christ. And I want you to choose Him. I want you to know that there's no other way but to put your faith in Him. Know His love. Know that He loved you and gave His life for you. See how He lived see how he served and when you put your faith in him follow his example let's pray God we thank you for these words and I pray that you're glorified in this place today I thank you for Jesus Christ and the beautiful uh, sacrifice that he gave for us for the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins and I thank you dear Lord for being good to us for giving us a way of forgiveness. I thank you, Lord, for the example of Jesus. I thank you that he was not just a Savior who said, but he was a Savior who did. All the way to death on a cross, dear Lord, he carried out your will. He was obedient to you. And he loved to the end. 
God, that's what you call us to do. God, he served to the end, and that's what you call us to do. So, God, if there's one that's never put their faith in Jesus, I pray today that they would. I pray that they would give him their sins, that they would ask him to forgive him. Dear Lord, that they would just come to you, put their faith in Jesus Christ, and repent. Dear Lord, if there are some watching today that are yours, God, I pray that we're loving and we're living like you did. I pray that we are serving in the way that Jesus did, dear Lord. And God, I just thank you for your words. And I pray that you're glorified by them. And I pray that we are blessed by them and that we tuck them away in our heart, dear Lord. And we're uplifted and encouraged and convicted by them, dear Lord. And we praise you this morning because you're worthy of praise. And I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.